Well, we want to thank you for joining us right here at Back to the Bible Canada. I'm Ben Lowell, joined with Dr. John Newfeld with Truth and Life Today. And uh, John, I want to welcome you again this week. Yeah, thank you and good day, Ben. Yeah, we had a great conversation last week about salvation. Uh, so uh, I think it's uh, uh, just seems fitting that we would move on from salvation uh, to the issue of the Great Commission. Right. And uh, what the Great Commission is all about and the characteristics of that and, and what, is, what is it calling the Christian to really do? And so let's start right off the bat. Uh, you know, the great, uh, the great Commission found in Matthew 28, 19, and this word go. Yeah. And I think that's an important word. And we've discussed it a little bit and I didn't really understand the complete context of it because that really is for us, it's sort of that, it's that impetus, it's that starting point. All of a sudden someone says go and you wanna take action. Yeah. And I think there is action involved, but maybe not the action we think. Well, first of all, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, right at the end, yeah. um, sometimes I've heard this one preached as, you know, Jesus commands you to go. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, he doesn't. And the problem is we have our English Bibles and we're reading the grammar that we have here. And that gram grammatical form, which would be an imperative, uh, a command, is not the grammatical form that's found there. So it, it kind of reads, in your going. See, there's only one imperative in the entire, uh, in your going, make disciples. Okay. Uh, and this is how you do it. You're teaching them and you're baptizing them, all of that thing that follows. Uh, but make, uh, make disciples is the command and the rest are actually uh, supporting statements that tell us how the command is carried out. So it's hard to carry out the command if you're not going, right? So yeah. it's not a command to go because the disciples were already going. Okay. Um, in your going, make disciples. Make sure that you're making people into followers of Jesus. So in your daily walk or wherever you might find yourself or whatever the case might yeah. be, whether you're here at home or whether you're traveling somewhere, yeah. the, the bottom line is Jesus is saying, make disciples. Yeah, so the, the disciples here or the apostles here, yeah. I mean, they're called upon, to, he's sending them out yeah. into the world. And, uh, you know, I mean, Thomas, as we know, will go all the way to India. My goodness, you know. So make sure that when you go to India, yep, yep. you're making disciples. Yep. So is everyone called upon to, to go to a foreign land? Of course not. That's not the intent of this passage. It is wherever you go, make disciples. That's okay. the issue. So this whole idea then of... Uh, uh, this is really a command to missionaries to go into the nations, which I, I suppose it is. Sure. But it's as relevant to you and I if we live in the same place we've lived all our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in your going, whether or not you're going to your work or whether or not you're going to, uh, you know, the, the coffee joint that you love to hang out with all your buds and whoever else hangs out there or whatever you do, yeah. You are looking to make people into followers of Jesus. That is the command of Christ on our lives, the, the implication of evangelism and sharing the gospel of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus and making him relevant to the real lives of people. Mm -hmm. Every single believer is given that command and we're called upon to be that. So I think that's what Christ is saying. Specifically, he has a command to his disciples, but by implication, yeah. it comes to all of our lives. So this command is an inclusive command. So it wouldn't be one of those things where you're saying uh, it, it's a gift to be a discipler. Yeah. Is, it, is it inclusive? Is it calling all of us to be disciplers? You know, it's a funny thing about the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, we, we ha 
we have an idea, Ben, I think, in many of our minds that the gifts of the Spirit are like specialties, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have the gift of mercy, you don't. So I don't need that's mercy. it, right? So, so that's the idea. Yeah. And I think what the gifts actually are, that there are in every single believer an endowment of the Holy Spirit, which makes us extraordinary in a given area. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean, I mean, you know, not all of us have, let's say, the gift of, you know, of tongues or of prophecy. And Paul clearly says so in the end of 1 Corinthians 12, do all speak in tongues? And that's a grammatical form that demands a no answer. But some gifts, like the gift of evangelism, there are some people who are simply extraordinary in that area. Mm -hmm. But every one of us have been called to be a witness of what Christ has done. So, uh, yeah, that's all of us look for ways to share our own faith. And I guess that leads me to my next question is, what really is discipleship? So, uh, you know, discipleship really means that we're followers of Jesus. That's it. I mean, Christ calls the shots in my life. I mean, it's nothing even more profound than that. I mean, regardless of what issue that I'm facing. So let's say I'm filling out my tax returns and, and I can see there's a way in which I might deceive the government and I can do better financially because of it, but actually Christ calls the shots in my life and he demands me to pay taxes to whom taxes is due from Romans chapter 13. So I know he calls that shot, so that's what I'm gonna do. So it's as simple as that. But, you know, often we use discipleship in terms of teaching people how to pray and teaching them how to read their Bible and then also teaching them how to do evangelism. But that's all a part of it. Christ calls the shots, I think, is what it means. Okay. So if I'm to be a discipler, what might that look like in my day-to-day life? I mean, you know, for us, it's a bit different. You know, we, we have the grand privilege and opportunity to talk to people and always feel like, you know, this is what we're focused on. But for the average person, they don't necessarily have that uh, same opportunity as we do in media. But what does it mean for them to be a discipler? Well, I would say, first of all, to a parent, you're already made a discipler of your children. Mm. So I would say, teach your children the gospel of Jesus Christ. Teach them to trust Christ in everything. Help them not to despair. I mean, tell them that Christ is worthy of your trust. And they're going to come out on in issues in their lives that, you know, they're going to encounter, especially in the teenage years. I mean, you and I have, you know, taken our kids through that. And, and they get a lot of pressure on their lives. So we're trying to help them to trust Christ in all things. So we're discipling our kids. Yeah. I mean, I would say that for those of us who are older men, like you and I are men, you know, there are younger men. Yeah that we must give our lives to and help them to know what it means to grow in all things to be like Christ. Um, Sometimes it's a formal relationship where we teach people the essentials of the Word of God, and sometimes it's less than formal. I mean, my wife has a women's Bible study, which she's led for many years, you know that, and she's got, I don't know, 40 to 50 women, and she's teaching them how to do inductive Bible studies. She's done that for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, she's discipling them, training them how to handle the Word of God accurately. Sure. So I would simply say, instead of making it such a high watermark, every one of us can encourage others to trust Christ. Yeah. You know, you, you brought it already into a new context for me because um, uh, just the, the, the expression of ministry that I grew up in when you looked at this passage, it was really a missionary call. Sure it was go into the nations, make, make disciples for Christ. But man, you really brought it down. I've never really thought about the fact, I know I've been a parent and a father and I, I pray for my kids, and, yeah. but 
I'm a discipler of my children. I don't know if I ever really thought of it in that context. We're all disciples on a very individual and personal basis. We all are, and because we all are, we also can't close our hearts to the nations. Yeah. See, we just can't. Because we've seen it at every single level, whether it's micro or macro, we just can't ever be satisfied until every single mouth and tongue confesses Christ as Lord. Now, I know they're not all going to, but I'm not satisfied until that happens. So I think for a great many people, they can support missions work Mm -hmm. and they support evangelism, um, but also they get involved in it where they can. And there will be some of us that are called to do cross-cultural things. So we learn a new language, we learn a new culture, we learn everything that's new, and that's because we're bringing the gospel to a place where the gospel has not been sufficiently heard. Here, let me ask you a personal question. It's a bit of an aside, but uh, you've had people who have discipled you yeah. over the years. Tell me about a situation that was particularly, in hindsight, meaningful to you about somebody and how they went about discipling you. Maybe I should mention his name. Yeah. And his name, it's a, it's a weird name. His name is Jürgen Scheinwetter. And it means nice weather in German. Uh, but, but Jürgen, I must honestly say, was an odd duck as far as I could see. He became the pastor of my home church. Okay. I was not saved then. But he started to disciple me because, first of all, he knew how to laugh. And I never knew a pastor who did. And he seemed to enjoy his relationship with Jesus. And that intrigued me. And even in that, he was discipling me. But I also knew all about guilt. And I had been raised in a very traditional Mennonite uh, church in which guilt always played a huge fashion. So I was not living for Christ and there were a lot of sins that were in my life. And I once made an appointment to see him and told him all of the things that I were doing that were directly sinful. Yeah. And, uh, and then I said to him, I remember I was 18 years old. And I said, so what do you think of me now? And I was a bit cheeky, you know. And I didn't know how he'd respond. And he said to me, here's what I think, John. And he got up from behind his desk, crossed around to my side, put his arms around me, and he said, here's what I think. I love you. And Ben, I ran out of his office. I ran out. I broke the embrace, ran out of his office. But in the next couple of days, I started to think, I wonder if the God of heaven loves me the way that man does. That was the first action that began to train me that I could trust Christ. That was the first action. I mean, that made more of an impact, I would almost say, than anything I've ever known since. That moment was a life-transforming moment. Uh, Ben, it's an interesting thing because when I gave my life to Christ, I actually parked my car individually, poured out my soul to God, and surrendered my life to Christ. He wasn't there. Didn't see that. But he bumped me in that direction. Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting what you said. I think very revealing. Maybe people don't think about it this way. But his discipleship of you yep. started before you gave your life to the Lord. Sure did. Sure did. He told me that I could actually tell someone the truth about me and still be loved. I didn't know that was possible. Now, I don't want to slander my parents. Yeah, someone's going to say, must have had horrible, horrible parents. I didn't. No, that's right. Um, but, but I want to say that man showed me something that I just needed to be shown. Yeah. And, and he discipled me. He was training me to do something in relationship to Christ that I was afraid to do. What an incredible opportunity we have as, as God's children to participate in somebody's journey of faith. And a real challenge for all of us. Thanks so much, John, for joining us today. And I, I really think that's going to inspire people to take their role 
and go out, whatever go means to them, and make disciples. Thanks so much. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth in Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth in Life Today.